Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the 505 Podcast. Today we welcome a very special guest. He's from Rancho Cucamonga, California and played professional basketball in Slovenia, Israel, and Italy. He is also the CEO of Swiss Cultures. They were the first media platform to cover all areas of basketball. From the NBA, Women's NBA, Overseas Pro Leagues, G League, NCAA, and even high school hoops. They truly encapsulate all that is basketball. Please give a warm welcome to Jordan Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Welcome to the show, my boy. Let's go. Man, I appreciate you having me. It's an honor, honestly, being here. Like, I just remember starting and me and Braden, and now we're here, like, doing a podcast together. It's crazy. How did you guys meet? Just covering the games, right? Yeah, right? That's how. Yeah. It was honestly my first year covering the team. Yeah. Oh, that was your first year? Yeah, it was. The first year, and honestly, I thought it was a jinx of the team. So many crazy things happened in that first year. We can talk about that later. But wow. We're definitely going to talk yeah. about it. But I want you to start us off with the one-handed crack. Oh, yeah. So give it to us. It's just got to be off the table, and we will give you a score. All right. We'll do the Braden special. Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> That's a week. That's a week. That's terrible. <laughs> That's terrible. That one, I've seen so many of your videos. It does not that, sound like that. It's, sure. it's, it's okay. It's okay. We'll, uh, we're going to give an NA, but we'll get back to yeah, this. Yeah, we'll facts, facts. This. I think uh, it was a lemon in the factory. Yeah, bond I, you, I, I think, think so yeah. too. I don't think that was your bad. I think that was I think they super bad. glued that one. Yeah. That you guys kid. are trying to make me feel better. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I still can't do it. It's super tough. Yeah. Brandon's like the only one. We I had a guy do it with his mouth once. Really? We had one guy not be able to do it at all. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. It happens. So you went to Cal State LA, yeah, and you currently hold the record for the most blocks in a season at seventy-five. Wow, one twenty-eight. One twenty-eight. That is Wikipedia, so Wikipedia is lying. That oh, is yeah. so like my many. first year, I have seventy-five, and then the, the second year with Cal State LA, I have one twenty-eight. You yeah. said and I that can was almost your, double that. That was your senior year. Yeah, my senior year. Okay. That's crazy. What was the previous record? Seventy-four, I think. Yeah. So you so one up you them. You one up and, the really, yeah. and then you destroy. Yeah. Let me yeah. show you really what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> You're just blocking like two shots at once at that point, you know? Yeah. When you were at Cal State LA, did you always were you know, when you were in high school, were you like, I want to go to the league? Or what did it look like for you? Were I you, always wanted to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Um it's kind of crazy, like, you know, starting off like middle school, I, you know, went to middle school with the Holiday Brothers. Okay. And mm-hmm. then you know, I was kind of like the the small kid out of the group, believe it or not. Oh, crazy. Yeah, I was a late That's developer. Crazy. You're how tall? Now I'm 6'9". Yeah, but before I was like, you know, small. Like, I like my freshman year of high school, I was I was point guard on the team. I scored on the wrong basket. Everything that could have went <laughs> wrong, like, during them times, like, you know, like, I had a big foot. Like, I was like... 14 years old, I wore a size 14, but oh I like I was a late developer Damn. out of everybody in the group. So I, you know, grew up with a lot of talented players. You know, Drew Holiday, Justin Holiday were like grabbing rim, almost dunking. That's yeah. Drew, I think, in eighth grade was, I mean, seventh grade was shooting with both hands and then like scored wow. 40 in a game. I wasn't on that level yet. <laughs> That's so. crazy. Do you, you feel you, like being, I was going to say, do you feel like being smaller and then growing into a bigger man, like, did that help your ball handling yeah, skills? Develop the guard skills. Baby. Yeah, most yeah. definitely it Hell does. Yeah. It, it does, you know, to you know, to an extent. I feel like during that time, like then, training wasn't the same like it is now. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I did more so like playing at twenty four hour fitness, like sure. doing those type mm-hmm. of things. But now, like everybody is like 
you know, into skill work. Everybody's a trainer now. Right. There's so many trainers. Every kid is like developing in different ways mm-hmm. than it was when I was growing up. So that's kind of like the difference. But I had a little bit of ball handling skills. So Hell yeah. yeah. Crossing some people up. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Were you doing social at all in college or was it like, was that even a thing really then? Or no, not at all? Not at all. Not at all. Um, uh, social media started really going for me probably at the end of college. Mm-hmm. Me and Cassie Athena, you know, mm-hmm. uh, famous like photo, you know, she does photography. She's like, done. I mean, if you've seen her work, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like we did some stuff together, like more so for just friendship, mm-hmm. you know, and we did a show called Through the Lens where I just kind of came up with the questions, you know, like for the interviews, but no editing, no anything. And yeah, like it's just kind of crazy how that came about, to be honest with you. No, Through the Lens is just continued yeah. to go on. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Where did that live? Was that on YouTube? Yeah, it was on YouTube. So- like it was like D-Lo's first year when he came out. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, Andre Drummond, just players, you know, just doing a day in the life be- before like YouTube was really big. That's honestly where the Nick Young meme started too with the question marks too. Oh, funny. Crazy story. I can't even take credit for that. <laughs> we were up. I was up, man, like 3 a.m. because I was overseas at the time. So, you know, we're on a different time zone. And uh, Cassie, man, she she just kept like playing around with this this area of the video where like, you know, the question marks appear and it just kept messing up. Like, you know, mind you, Final Cut was not the same yeah, program yeah, then. Yeah. yeah, so it messed up like eight times. I was like, yo, Cass, like, you want to just try and do something else? She's like, no, I got to do it. Uh-huh. And credit to her, man. She got the question marks, and then now it's one of the most viral memes That's ever. That's crazy, yeah, dude. And that, sure. was a, that was a video for Through the Lens? Yeah, it's one of the videos on Through the Lens. So what exactly is the concept behind Through the Lens? It's like a day in the life of NBA players? Yeah, day in the life, raw, uncut, you know. Uh, it wasn't really documentary style, so at that time, like, people were kind of like, ah. Eh, you know, because raw footage at that mm-hmm. moment wasn't like the biggest. So that was like around like what, 2013, 2014 when okay. it started. Like that was my first year playing overseas. Yeah. So And you guys, That's you two were the ones who came up with the idea for that? Yeah. Cassie Cassie came up with the idea. You know, I just was the more so the support system help. Then was like, yo, you know, I can, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bring my expertise with the questions, right. you know, like bring some basketball element to it, then give advice here and there. And then that's how it, how it worked. Yeah. With Through the Lens how much of being a player helped you with curating like the questions and forming that relationship? I feel like when athletes meet each other, you kind of have that mutual respect of like knowing what each other's been through. Of course, everyone's like, is different, but like, how do you feel like that helped you curate those questions and like form those relationships? Because maybe some of these players you had like met before, maybe some you hadn't, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like when you show up to set and you're recording, like you want to try to build some, Mm -hmm. some rapport with those players, like right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, you know, it was honestly everything, you know, just knowing how it is to, you know, I always want to be positive, like, especially as a player, like, you don't want to be negative, like, in terms of, like, asking them different things. So, a lot of times, I would just go off of my own personal experience, and then just like you guys just did, doing research on somebody, it changes the whole dynamic Mm -hmm. of the conversation. Um, I feel like that's key. No matter if it's five minutes before or whatever is before, like they don't know that. Yeah. But you, as long as you do your research before and then you ask questions that kind of stuff that you're interested in, it kind of just makes it all flow together and makes it well. Yeah. yeah so someone who's really good at that is the guy who does the hot ones. Mm-hmm. So good. At oh, it. oh my right. gosh. His right. interviews are crazy. Just like yeah. he does such deep He's like the best research. At it. Yeah, yeah. Right impressive. One hundred percent. When you're at Cal State LA, mm-hmm. going into the senior year, are you you we're, we're trying to go to the NBA draft? 
you go undrafted yep. in the NBA draft. What's going through your mind then? Are you like, or is it your only option at that point to go overseas? Or you're like, maybe I'll try and do the G League. Or was the G League even a thing at that point? Man, no, nah, I wasn't. Honestly, uh, uh, I was a D2 guy. Okay. So I was just trying to get in overseas, even mm-hmm. though, you know, I knew I had a chance. But like my my junior year, I didn't, I didn't start, you mm-hmm. know, like my whole career has been based off of like being an underdog. You know, I, I found that blocking shots was my niche. So like, I was just like, you know what, let me just go and try to block everything. So mm-hmm. then the, you know, the next year went on and then like people were talking about, oh yeah, like, you know, maybe you got a chance to like try for teams and do that, you know, but I was just cool with, you know, any opportunity mm-hmm. I had because I know how t- tough it is for a division two athlete to come out. So yeah, I, I made my own highlight tape too. That's really? The next thing. And then we're sending it off yeah. to all- <laughs> So crazy story, crazy story. D2, we don't got the luxury as like Oregon, like the Oregon <laughs> right. way. You know, I was cool with like all the staff members at Cal State LA. My coach doesn't know this, so hopefully you don't get mad at me, Coach Thompson. <laughs> but uh, while you while he was gone, I uh, <laughs> I uh, asked one of the people to like, you know, because I needed some game film. You need some content. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, she got all the game tapes for me, and I mm. just like copied each game. Full, oh, wow. Like, yeah. And then, and then I made my own highlight. Me and my moms made the highlight tape. Shout and out moms. That's yeah, crazy. shout out moms. Yep. And then an agent saw it and I was like, you know what? That's God's blessing right here. So yeah, and then I ended up signing with an agent after. Yep. And wow. so you played your first year in Slovenia, right? It's first year in Slovenia. What was that like? Because Slovenia at the time, I mean, what what year was that? That was 2013? 2013. Okay. <sighs> Man, Slovenia was an experience, mind <laughs> you. Like it's just crazy how like time evolves, like especially with technology. So when I got off on the plane, uh, you know, to Slovenia, my phone didn't work. Actually, I got to Venice first. Mm. Venice, right? Italy. Yeah, Venice, okay. Italy. My phone didn't work. Nothing was working. No Wi-Fi, you know, at the moment. And um, <laughs> I was like in the airport maybe for like two hours trying to find the person because I had no way of communicating. Oh. No one speaks, you know, people speak English, right. but. If I'm asking, I'm, you know, at that moment, I'm talking fast, doing all the right. stuff I wasn't supposed to be doing, like in terms of talking. So people would already <laughs> understand me, so they wouldn't answer. So um, finally, someone uh, picked me up. I had to drive. We had to drive like three hours in a scrunched up car. Okay. And that's when I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it playing overseas already. Uh-huh. Like, it was just already a struggle. Me even getting to the place that I was playing at which is Hopsi Pozella, mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. Tiny town. How many people are in this town? Oh, my God. Like 500. It had wow. to be less. No way. Had to have been, probably. I, I want to say less. There's no way I saw 500 people when I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out how it was. What's it like living there? Man, honestly, it was like kind of more of a farm-like hometown. Beno Uderic was, was uh, you know, who's a former NBA mm-hmm. player. He was from there. It was oh. his team. And, you know, I had some really good players on my team, but it was just a struggle. I got really sick one day. This is how I knew I was like, I'm in a foreign country. They were like, yeah, like, let's go to the bar. Mm -hmm. So I went to the bar and then we get some shots of whiskey. (laughs) And then like, yeah, like like it was medicine or something. Oh, I was like, like, oh, wow. This will fix you right up. Yeah, Yeah, it fixed me right up, right? I was just like really sick at that time. But it was just tough, man. Like a lot of different elements. That were, I didn't know. Yeah. Were the other guys on that team American or were most of them just like completely foreign? Could speak in what did you guys all speak English? Like how did that work? Only one American. There's like one other one or two other people that really spoke English. The rest didn't speak English. So you kind of just kind of work your way around it, mm. you know. You know, I talked a lot with my teammates 
and stuff like i mean with my my american teammate because we live together Mm -hmm. so that's kind of like how i like figured everything out is it a universal language like i obviously didn't play basketball so oh yeah you know could anybody you could talk to them about it even if they didn't speak english you were like okay we got it x and o's right right here (laughs) this is what this is looking (laughs) me i block i'm the blocker guy yeah like they speak like but it's so broken bro like especially with me like i came from a division two so like some things like and some philosophies are a little different for me so you know, like in terms of learning, like they would get really frustrated, like with stuff. Mm-hmm. Like my first year was like really tough for me, mm-hmm. and I uh, honestly ended up transferring and going to another team because it didn't it didn't last mm-hmm. at all. And then um, they ended up bringing my replacement player that was there, and me and him had to play each other one on one. What? Yeah, it was crazy. A lot of crazy like to stuff. To win the spot? I don't. I don't think it was to win the spot. He was my replacement, so I thought he was coming. Just you know, but just we played once. Yeah, we just That's played once weird. in practice. But a lot of those things, never I never saw ever again. So it's just weird. Like I don't feel like that's an overseas experience that I had. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like that's some of the stuff I was dealing with there, which is which is very odd now that I think about it. Because over the eight years, I never saw anything like that again. How far into those eight years that you were playing abroad did you start getting into like creating content for social media? At the end. Okay. Yeah. Were you doing it for yourself at all? Or it was really non-existent, right? Like overseas coverage wasn't a thing. Yeah, it wasn't a thing at all. Um, I did a lot of my highlight tapes. Mm. And I did uh, that because I wanted to go to the next team because mm-hmm. each year you, you transfer to different you know programs each year. And, um, you know, I was doing that. And a lot of my teammates were like, bro, you got to make me a highlight tape. I got to show this back at home, you know, put it on IG. And um, yeah, so I was just always doing that. After every game, if I like cooked, I would, mm-hmm. I was like, "Yo, let me go like make a little highlight tape." <laughs> did you taught yeah. yourself Final Cut Pro? What did what kind of equipment did you have at this time over there? I just had my MacBook. That's it. I didn't have no camera, uh-huh. anything. And then 2018 is when Swish Culture started because I was just like, man. Over time, I'm like, I'm seeing all these players. Like, even going back to Slovenia, I remember seeing Boban for the first time. He's playing in, like, <laughs> Serbia. I'm like, man, oh, really? this guy is huge. Like, That's he sick, should be dude. in the NBA, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And then I heard about Luka Doncic in uh, Slovenia because uh, he's from Slovenia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, he was 14 years old. Yeah, because they start him real. I remember when we drafted Ricky Rubio, and they're like, he's been playing in Spain since he was, like, 13. <laughs> yep, pros. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. When was the year that LaMelo and Jello went to Lithuania? Oh, that was wild. That was 28. Uh, was that around that time? I forgot when that was. It's, man, crazy that you even mentioned it because they're from the IE. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. a lot of my close friends, like me and me and Lamel and them had the same agent. So when he went, oh. when they went to Slovenia, I mean, when went to Lithuania, excuse me, um, I was telling uh, Harrison, I'm like, man, that's a tough spot. Like mm-hmm. the first year I was like, Maybe take him to like Israel or something like that, you know, Uh like where I was like Uh after, you know, and, um, you know, just that whole story in general, like, you know, just some of my friends, like one of my friends, uh, Darren Moore, who like, you know, does a lot of Lonzo's day to day. He helped me a lot overseas and then he he ended up, he stopped playing just kind of abruptly got hurt and then just stopped playing. He was like, yeah, I'm training these ball brothers. I'm like, what? You doing what? Like, this is our dream. Like, we've been waiting for this forever. (laughs) And then next thing you know, a year goes by. And shh, 
like takes over uh-huh. all of the Inland Empire too. Took over the world, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. In terms of that, like what they did was crazy, to yeah. be honest. I said he brought in Oslo. My roommate was Lithuanian, mm-hmm. and this dude knew more about basketball than anyone have ever. He just, I mean, they love basketball over there. Basketball. He was like, he kept telling me, he's like, we're going to beat you guys in the Olympics. I'm like, no, you're not. He's like, in 10 years we will. I'm like, probably not. But <laughs> yeah. he knew every, he would stay up all night to watch the games, dude. I was like, I'm like, yeah, I'm from Minnesota. And he's just listed me, like the whole roster, like top to bottom. They love basketball over there. Yeah, Pretty they do. fun. Yeah. I watched the Redeem Team documentary mm. on Netflix recently, and I watched the And One documentary on mm, Netflix, and good. great documentaries. But the And One is a crazy story because they were like, we were big in the States, and then we went abroad, and like we didn't know how it was going to be mm. received over there. And he's like, we were bigger abroad than we <laughs> yeah. were in the States. It's yep. like, it's crazy how the NBA has really become this like cultural so international game. too. Yeah. yeah. What was the fandom like in Israel? Was it anything compared to, did you like Sylvania? Was it completely different? Were there more fans in Sylvania? And did you have a favorite Man. place that you played? Huh? Did you have a favorite country? Yeah. Israel. I had three. It's Israel, uh, Italy and Japan. Oh, that's cool. For sure. Mm-hmm. Japan. How long did you play in Japan for? For a year. For and, a year. and was it, was it like packed? Kind of like- crazy is that when I met you right after that, I went to Japan. For oh, like a year. crazy! I was gone, yeah, for no, no, no. Right before I met yeah, you, right I before. just came. I was like, from you, I was like, you didn't tripping. go anywhere. <laughs> I, <didn't> go anywhere. <laughs> I feel like because COVID, COVID uh-huh, hit. Yeah. yeah, right before. Sorry about that. Yeah, and you were over there for a year. Did you love? Did, Japan was incredible. Man, you I loved food. it because I was in Tokyo. And oh yeah, like, that's fun. People don't realize how big Tokyo is. Huge. Uh-huh. It's I've never huge. Been. Yeah, like I got a mixture of both. Like you know, like I could you know Japan is like you know. Japanese, like, you know, like learning how to get on a train, all those different things. But also I got a little bit of home too. Like mm. I can go to Costco when I wanted to. Right. I can get all the stuff that I want. You know, I'll go to the Supreme store. Right. Like I didn't really get that everywhere. You know, those moments is like how you keep going for 10 months at a time. What was like a typical day look like for you when you were, let's do Italy, for example. Okay. When you're training in Italy. Yep. You got a game the next day. What's it looking like? Okay. Italy two a day practices. So I'll probably get up around like eight, get there at nine, lift and then shoot tape practice because our coach is kind of like you know he, he wants to go full throttle mm-hmm. so yeah um i'll do tape practice so we'll have like you know shooting running everything mm-hmm. then i'll go home maybe for three hours take a nap and then come back to practice and that's the full full wow, throttle that's crazy Jeez. every day and then do you and then but after you, have a tra- day, you had a trainer after to like tape you ice you up or how does that work no 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 you're just taking care of yourself. Ice. We get we get the little ice bags mm-hmm. and then put it on our knees. And that's it. And that's it. And that's why I started investing in Norma Tech. Um, my mm-hmm. first, my that year in Italy, my second year, which was in my second year, I tore my, I was playing with a torn meniscus and then no. Fuck. Yeah. The whole year? The whole year, yeah. And so what what, what, what did you, how they did you? They told me it was like a bruise, like, and then. <laughs> It's like, I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> I know if you listen to you, but like, yeah. these things sound crazy. But yeah. like, yeah, like they told me it was a bruise. And then I got home. I went to Kaiser. They were like, nah. <laughs> Your meniscus we gotta is gone. Go in. Yep, yep. Yeah. They were like, yeah, we got to go in. So I've had three meniscus surgeries since. In wow. the same knee? Or in the same knee. Yeah. Wow. wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Did they, not to go back, but do they have like media in Japan for like the teams, like basketball teams? Was that pretty big there at the time? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. Basketball in Japan is actually was huge because I came at the right time. Mm-hmm. Rui Hachimura, who was on yeah, Gonzaga yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy because like, you know, I ended up being cool with his agent. Mm-hmm. And um, you go into Foot Locker, you think you're going to see, like, Kobe jerseys and stuff. No, I see the Kobe jerseys on the outskirts. I'll see Rui Hachimura <laughs> and Yuta Watanabe jersey uh. in the middle. And I was like, man, like, basketball here is going to be the next big thing. Yeah. 
And I can see NBA has tapped into that because now we have NBA games. But for the longest, people thought it was only strictly going to be baseball mm-hmm. and soccer. And, um, you know, with the growth of Rui and Yuta mm-hmm. and now, like, we see a lot more pe- like top players from Europe go play in Japan right. now. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah. They pay pretty well over there. Pay pretty well. Yeah. Really well, man. That's the, only, that's the one spot that, like, if they pay me a day late, mm-hmm. like, they'll be like, yo, I'm so sorry. Like, right. I got paid on time. I'm like, man shoot i'm used to in europe like four months being late. <laughs> right. i'm like yeah you guys are apologizing right now i'm like oh yeah i love it here i should have played there like at the start if just I could kept hanging out in known. japan i should have if i would have known yeah what are like the other what are the goods i'm i like no I, I went to school at the same time as sam decker and i like uh at wisconsin Ooh, okay. i have like pretty we have mutual friends so i know like his life kind of mm-hmm. he was in turkey for a while i yeah, know he, he was. was making like pretty good like 500k a year which is pretty crazy mm-hmm. now he's in london mm-hmm. i'm like i wonder if he's making more i just, it's so interesting like the economics of like euro ball i don't know it's so interesting it's crazy you said sam because now he's on london which yeah. is a place that wasn't really respected but now they have like some big time investors yeah so they're gonna probably try and get into euro league so he's probably getting paid out a lot of uh-huh. money to kind of bring that program up mm. to where they can go and play you know and eventually become euro league yeah because it's a prime city yeah, it's mean, kind of what it, well. it seemed like he was getting more and i mean i know he went to like the raptors for like six days but it was like in his contract that if he didn't like make the team he like had to go back to europe which yeah. is kind of interesting jet know. lag like a motherfucker oh yeah <laughs> but, yeah Facts. didn't make it <laughs> when you make the gram in 2018 did you have any idea of kind of where you wanted to take it or were you like we just need coverage for these european teams and nobody's doing it so i'm going to be the guy that starts this whole revolution yeah it was that and um you know as it started to grow a little bit i mean a lot of overseas players are posting it so to me that was growth Mm. i think my breakthrough moment when i was like yeah like i got something Mm -hmm. was like euroleague started following like close to like a thousand followers and i was like oh okay we got some we got some Mm. and um during that time just my competitive drive like me being hurt and stuff i was like you know when i come home i want to start video recording during the two days i spent a lot of my time like you know just watching youtubes learning how to Mm. edit Learning how, like, you know, when my camera, I didn't have a camera at the time. So, mm-hmm. like, when my camera would, like, come in, like, what I would do. <laughs> and so, my teammates actually thought I was crazy for doing, making switch coaches at first. Mm-hmm. They did not understand what I was doing. And just so I'm clear and so the audience is clear, like, you made an Instagram called Swiss Cultures because you wanted to cover, like, was your idea for the page to cover, like, European and and foreign basketball. Yeah, like you know me, you know my partner, my sister, uh, you know Aunt Goods, like all of us. Yeah, like we we came up with Swiss cultures, and then like at first it was just overseas based, mm. where we just highlight basketball international. As we did that, I was like, you know what, I want to do NBA too as well. So are you posting like, uh, like photos with like the score? And then like video highlights or like what does the content look like that you're posting? I was posting? just doing video. I was just doing, uh, I was getting videos from like, you know, I was hitting people up in the DMs. They were sending us videos. And then like I was making highlight tapes out of them. Kind of gotcha. like what I was doing like with my own highlight tapes. Mm-hmm. Back. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So you're getting sent the content yep. from different teams, yep. different players. Yep. And then you're chopping it up. Yep. Got it. Okay. And are the best guys starting to see it? And you're like, oh, I just got I yeah. just got this point guard that just dropped 30 this weekend. And this is going to do well. Yeah. I was I was posting like a lot of guys, like former NBA guys like Marshawn Brooks, like mm-hmm. Bobby like Brown, like just guys like that that are playing in China too. Mm-hmm. And then like I was starting to get like, those players like reposting it and i was like you know i got something in terms of that but you know with overseas it's a small smaller niche so mm-hmm. like you know i was like you know what? i want to continue to grow and like intertwine it to where it all can be meshed 
Mm. And then I started posting NBA. And then, like, at that time, I was getting no hits for NBA mm. at Nothing. all. Nothing. What's the page at at this point? When you're still playing, what's it at? <sighs> while I'm still playing? Uh-huh. Uh, While I'm still playing. Because I played another year following. Okay. That first year, when I came home, we were at 2,000. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And I was like, yo. That's like, in 2018. Yeah. And that like, was yeah. post post Japan or post Israel? Or post uh, Italy, I mean. Yeah, post Italy. Okay. I wasn't okay. in Japan yet. Okay. Uh-huh. Got yeah. it. So you're just coming home. You're cranking out these clips. Of, came in, home, cranking out clips. And then that's when like the networking started. Yeah. And wow. did, and did your, when did your sister Ashton come on to help you? 2018. 2000. Same, right when I got home. Because okay. she was playing at Cal. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. she also volleyball. plays ball. Oh, Played cool. volleyball. Oh, yeah. oh uh, yeah. yeah, she athletic was athletic family. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, she was. Uh, she was playing with Steve Kerr's daughter at the time. Too. Oh, no crazy. Way. Okay, Sick. pretty dope. Yeah. And then, so she she's helping you like make this stuff, and you tell like, yo, we we got something here. We're at we two, got something. We're at two thousand. You're just like trying to grow it every single day. Yeah, like and I like and that's why like with viewers and listeners, like a lot of times when you start something, people aren't gonna understand what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just point blank, period. But the best part about it is seeing the growth and, and finding like different goals that you make it to, to like continue to, to go on. And I mean, just being, you know, persistent, I would say more so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. You say that I saw Mr. Beast, you know, Mr. Beast uh-uh. YouTuber. He's, you said yes or no? No, nah, no. Nah, okay. So he's like the biggest YouTuber. Mm-hmm. He's got like, I think he just Something surpassed a hundred million subscribers yeah. and he makes these ridiculous videos, but he like, he dedicated his like whole childhood to, wanting to become a YouTuber. And he basically said, when you're in it, before you blow up and people are seeing how much time you're spending on this thing, they're like, you're crazy, you're wasting your time. Right. Then once you blow up, they're like, man, he was so persistent, had crazy work ethic, like, Uh of course he made it. Right. Like, it's not usually until you blow up and Mm -hmm. people see the proof that you made it, Mm -hmm. that they then credit you for putting in the time and, and effort into it the start yep and don't wait on someone else to get something done for you you can't for the longest time like i would tell people the idea you know you just like you having a meeting with someone they're like yo let's do it then you hit them up when it's time to like get something going and nothing happens right like you that's and i think that's been great for me like dealing with those things when people shut those doors like you know you you learn and you know do your own do it yourself like we're in DIY like era mm-hmm. right now. I feel mm-hmm. like a lot more people need to like embrace that. You don't need someone else to do it for you. You can do it. And even though like, you know, you might think something's cheesy, someone else might like it. And then you'll start seeing your growth over the years. Cause I was putting fire in people's eyes, doing learning after effects, doing crazy uh-huh, stuff. Uh-huh. And now I'm like, yo, that was really corny. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now, like I still kind of appreciate it. Cause I know like what I had to do at that time to right, learn that. Right, like, right. You know, so. Yeah, it was cool. No, I mean, you were you started something without even having a camera. You right. started making like a media agency without a camera. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I think everybody is always, I feel like they're in that weird state of like, I don't want to start until I have like everything stuff. set, until I have the stuff. You're yep. like, fuck it, I'm just going to start and I'll right. figure it out as we go and continue to grow this brand. Yeah, it's important. Yep. So you come back in 2018. Yep. You have 2,000 followers. You're like, we got something here. Mm-hmm. You still ha- want to play overseas still, but then continue to grow this. And then like, how does it turn into like a full on business and like what you're doing full time now? Man, that summer, honestly, that's when it started. Um, I started connecting with uh, trainers on Instagram before I got home. Mm. And I was like, yo, this is what I want to do like here and there. But, you know, like uh, Olin, you know, Chris, Chris Gatson were like two other first people I did stuff with. 
And you never know, like when you make a relationship, you never know what that person could turn into and um, and then what it what other doors it opens. So my first workout I ever shot was a girl's workout with Olin when I got home. And then Olin ended up getting a job with Wasserman Group. And funny thing is, is my first pre-draft was that summer, which is, which is pre-draft is like when you film like the top draft picks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I had Shea Gilgis Alexander and he was working out at St. Monica's okay. right here. Okay. So um, I was doing that and I was doing a lot of De'Aaron Fox's uh, stuff and Lonnie Walker's pre-draft. Okay. Okay. Big draft. I still... Lakers had a chance to draft De'Aaron Fox, yeah, and I yeah, still yeah. wish we did. I loved him in college, man. He's electric. He's, he's, yeah. he's just nice. so fast. Yeah, he's so you know, nice. I think like my biggest breakthrough during that summer was Devin Booker's double team. But before I got to that point, um, uh, Phil Handy. Is this the video where he's like, we ain't double teaming yeah. in the open gym? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that video is yeah, electric. That, video. Yep. <laughs> that's yes, sick. that was you? Yes, sir. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. That's that's yeah. yes, sir. So you start working with Phil and you're getting access to now all the people that he's training. Man, Phil, man. Uh, shout out to Phil, Shout bro. out to Phil. Man, because he, he honestly really got our stuff going. You know, mm-hmm. him and my partner, Ant Goods, you know, did stuff back, you know, when he was playing at Stanford. Because mm-hmm. Ant Goods was playing at Stanford, my partner. And, uh, you know, I ended up meeting Phil and uh, Phil was like, I like what you guys are doing. So first workout, he was like, all right, yeah, like you could come shoot Tristan Thompson. So I filmed Tristan Thompson. I had no idea what I was doing. With a camera at all, right? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. Right. And I'm a Canon guy. So we got Canons and, and yeah. Shoney's in here right now. Uh, but I ended up, you know, I was kind of thinking about going and getting a, a different camera because the video ain't all that good with, with Canon. So that... Maybe like the day of, I had gotten a Sony just to rent, just mm-hmm. see if I liked it. And um, next day he was like, yeah, I want you to come to this workout, you know, and come do there. And I, I just taught my, I was like, you know, it's probably not no one crazy. So mm-hmm. right. I'm just going to bring the Sony. Man, I went to UCLA, bro. And mind you, I walk in, it's Kevin Durant. <laughs> no way. I'm like, mind you, and I'm like learning the Sony. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like if this doesn't go in, it's over. It's right. over. It's over. Oh, Never man. again. Uh, Never again. It's just crazy. Like I honestly remember that day like it was yesterday because I remember I sat down and uh I didn't know if I was gonna record that workout. I just come and like, you know, I was just like, he was like, just come to a workout. You know, I thought maybe I could, so I brought myself, of course. Mm-hmm. And then he went up to talk to Katie and he was like, Yeah, he's good. And um, yeah, I recorded that workout. And at that time, it was against basketball culture to me for me to like give all the teaching points. So I did a lot of the workouts. I showed all the stuff. But when they would start talking, I would put my camera away, you know, Mm. because I thought it was like against the culture Mm -hmm. to do that. And just, you know, my basketball instincts. But, you know, like just being respectful and environment. And then right after I finish, uh, Dwayne Wade walks in. I'm like, oh, man, I got to record D Wade, too. Oh, I'm like, yo, if it's <laughs> you're in the right well, place, man. Yeah, like if it doesn't go well, it's over. Like, right. It's over. You know, but man, thank <laughs> God for Phil, bro. Like he did that and then he introduced me to Chris Johnson. And then I just after that, that's when Ben Simmons and all those mm-hmm. things started coming mm-hmm. out. And uh, you know, Devin Booker and everything, and then it just took off, bro. Like after that, like the page is flying. Is it like two, three, four, ten? Yeah, I think I got home when we got back. I'm trying to remember. I remember 
it was over 10k i'm not gonna give a number mm-hmm. it was definitely easily over 10k though and so sure. now you know it's you're like this is legit right yeah. Yeah. people like, consuming ESPN, this stuff. all of them were picking up the content the devin booker hit uh-huh. yeah. the devin booker double team is like really yeah. funny it's because, iconic yeah it's iconic it's, That's yeah great. it's it's just funny because like if you wouldn't think you would think that we clickbaited the heck out of that mm-hmm. bro that portion of the video was like maybe one like one minute in of the video oh wow mm-hmm. yeah it wasn't clickbaited at wow. all and it was out for a few days d book had posted it on his page and if you look back at it mm-hmm. if you go back it's like in one minute mark and what happened was is kevin durant somebody had tweeted it to him about double teams and he had tweeted back like double teams open gym da, 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 da. Uh-huh. and then the video just went crazy Funny. but book was destroying that day yeah honestly he was going crazy and it was game point so like Damn. i mean at the time yeah. He had a young boy guarding him too. So like, you know, Joe Kim, he like, man, we got to double that. Like, he's <laughs> killing. Uh-huh. Right? And how, do you, how do you feel about that? Huh? You, you doubling in open gym? Man, I'm I'm mixed, bro, with both <laughs> of it. Because the way he was frying that day, I like, no lie to you. I told my sister, because I ended up staying like at the USC hotel. Man, I remember like all this like so vivid. Like I said, Ashton, like I've seen players kill in open gym, but uh-huh. like today was a little different. <laughs> I didn't know no double team thing. I, I mm. told my sister, like, yo, he got double teamed at Open Gym, but never knew that that video would, like, go would just crazy. Would go crazy. Like, how many like views it did it end up getting? Do you know? Often Man, just, like, range-ish. It got to be, like, over a couple million across all platforms. Everybody took it. It still mm-hmm. gets, I still yeah. get tagged mm-hmm. in it so much. Like, you know, like, book, you know, just be book being book. Yeah. You know, just being competitive. I love that about book. I knew book was going to be special. First time I walked in the gym, we were at Eula. Uh, and he was playing Young Thug like super loud. <laughs> That's how I knew. And just tough, <laughs> just being tough. Like yeah, he was playing. But like I, when I walked in, like I was just like, man, like he was playing that. But then like he was telling the trainers where to be at in spots. And when wow. someone like is that detail, mm-hmm. I just knew like That's he's special, like man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. it's just special, bro. Like I, I don't know how to really explain it. Like he didn't know we were coming in there, you know, mm-hmm. like at that time, mm-hmm. and but. Uh, he was just in his element, bro, like right or right off the rip. And I was like, yeah, I like that. A couple of questions about what you just talked about. One, what was the reason for reaching out to trainers versus players? Mm-hmm. Is that because you had a relationship with the trainers as opposed to the players? And that was like your end? Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I did that because of, because of those things. And I was always that guy, like me being a player, I don't want to hit up people and be like, hey, bro, like, let me pull up. Like, mm-hmm. let me do that. So... It was just kind of like the basketball in me, not trying to be like a fan kind of deal and doing it that way. Like more so like trainers got more power than people think, Yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. like if they don't really want someone in the gym, they can just kick you out. So like kind of be got to be respectful to them Mm -hmm. because like say I come in as, you know, I'm like the player's videographer, right? Mm -hmm. I produce like great content, but don't run it by him mm-hmm. and don't do things that like help his brand. Mm-hmm. Like then like what happens? Like mm-hmm. he probably gonna be like, nah, like I don't want you to come back. Or if he has multiple players, then he's never gonna invite me. So that's so interesting. Yeah. What, what did it look like? Cause you and Phil are tight obviously, right? Yeah. So were you making some stuff for Phil and you're like, Hey, you know, here's this, just, just have this like of your, cause he doesn't have any content, right? Like Phil's not really getting, yeah. no one's filming and Phil. Right. Phil is one of the trainers. And he's yeah. also the okay. assistant coach of the Lakers. Yep. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. great. Yeah. So yeah. like Phil's like, I didn't honestly know how like iconic Phil was like, you know, and then Phil just started blowing up too. Like I remember he had just finished with the Cavs and then he went to um, Toronto. Mm-hmm. 
then he won a championship when I got home when I came mm. back, and then that's when he went to the Lakers mm-hmm. in 2019. 19, yeah, yeah, and another one, like, mm-hmm. and then yeah. won another one, back yeah, crazy, right? yeah. So it's just crazy, like you know, just getting advice and stuff from him. Just and the biggest thing that he he told me from day one is that, and, and the thing that kind of like stuck with me is that he had another trainer whose name is Jordan uh, Jordan Lawley, J Law B Ball, who's down in. Uh, where's he in Orange Co- uh, Orange County doing his thing? I You've seen I, his stuff. You have mm, to. He's, yeah. he's very big. He's like this white dude with like the co- kind yeah. of similar hair to me. Right? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I went and filmed at his gym actually one oh, time. Oh, wow. The okay. nicest dude. It's nicest dude, man. Shout out to J-Law. I love him. It just stuck out to me because he had KD in the gym and he had another trainer with him. Mm. And Phil told me always like, you know, when you have, you know, spread knowledge with the game mm-hmm. that you're doing. Like, so when you get good at whatever you're doing, you know, help others. Don't be that person that don't help people, you know, get to the next spot. I like that. And like when he told me that, it just kind of like resonated with me, like, you know, forever. So that's awesome. So, yeah. no, that's why we started this. 100%. Right. You know? Exactly. We had um a photographer named uh, Danilo Lewis and we were like, we were talking to him and he was, he gave us the advice of everything that I'm telling you, all this knowledge and game that I'm telling you on this pod he's like it's not for you guys to keep it's for you to share and mm-hmm. i love yeah, that mindset love that. Yep. Mm-hmm. another thing i want to bring up is the fact that you were building something for a while and then you came back and you're like okay i finally feel like i have something here now it's time to network right i think that's so important i think a mistake people make with networking is they can reach out too early or they haven't put in their time and built something substantial mm-hmm. enough and then if someone if you like hit someone up like, yo, let's work or like, can I film? And you're not really at a certain caliber um, or haven't really built something substantial. People are like, why would I work with you? Right. I think it's really interesting that you built something for a couple of years and then you're like, okay, now I have something. Mm. Now let's like go to work right. and network. And then I think that's what allowed you to, you know, get in those, totally. in, get those opportunities yeah. for those open gyms. What is your thought since you brought that up? What is your thought about getting paid for work now? Because a lot of people I see, a lot of young people mm-hmm. come up and they feel like yo like say i like have an opportunity they're like how much off the rip right away and mm-hmm. i'm like you know like for me like you hit up someone yeah i hit up to someone help, to yeah. help you film yeah okay. and i'm like yo it's a great opportunity and then they'll be like yo like how much which is fine i think your work you should get paid for your work but it's just kind of funny like when i first started like you know just bringing that up when you just brought it up just brought it to my mind I was driving all the way down here from Rancho to Santa Monica every day. Long drive. Long drive. I didn't get paid for nothing. I <laughs> mm-hmm. was just off of like, yo, building a relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's cool for me to pay someone. I'm cool with that. But I start seeing like in my mind, I start seeing like, you know, a trickle down to, you know. The younger others, kids. Yeah. The younger kids that mm-hmm. they feel like. But you know how I many more relationships they can build if they were like, totally. yo, the opportunity is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and there'll be times like, you know, I didn't have enough money to like, you know get videographer so when i did it was for like something big i couldn't go to so mm-hmm. in my mind i'm like damn this player is about to be here and he's talking about how much like if i didn't like if i didn't pay that person to come down and record that he would have missed out on a crazy opportunity mm-hmm. right. and that's the only reason why i bring it up because like bro like especially in basketball trainers and coaches would tell you man like it's a lot of free labor mm-hmm. at first yeah yeah the coaches specifically oh my yeah. god coaching oh my. yeah they volunteer yeah. stuff yeah, they're, yeah. they're volunteering you know, for they years volunteer. and vocal they're, volunteer started as a volunteer something like I'm that i'm not sure I, I but yeah i going off what you said i feel like 
you ca- it's just like kind of what you said like knowing where you stand like if yeah. you if you're mm-hmm. really green and you have never you haven't like yeah. as a videographer like you haven't done a lot of big stuff you haven't like you got to get your name out there and like yeah. i definitely would be like yeah i'll like help you like shoot that music video for free or like whatever for yeah. when i was starting out because like you know, and now if it's like, oh, that's like in my wheelhouse, I've made money making that video. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, I'm going to charge you for it. But yeah, if it's like something you haven't done a lot of before or you're just like trying to get your foot in the door, like if you're like, if you're not paying, like, mm-hmm. if you're like, yeah, it's like you got to know what's the opportunity. Yeah. I, and there's still some things I would shoot for free, like free, literally. Free work has made me this. the most bread. Yeah, yeah exactly. Free work's made me the exactly. most bread. Absolutely. I, that's like, what I wanted to ask. 100%. Though. No, it has. I think that when I and also when I started, I was I told the story last week, but. I was uh, when I was at Oregon. I remember I call. I had this job, and I, I got the job at Oregon. And I was like, my rate's now a thousand, mm-hmm. and a job came to me for five hundred bucks. And I was like, no, I don't do that anymore. And I called my cousin, who's like an ad guy, and he's like, how much is in your bank account? I was like, I don't know, like thirty bucks. He goes, and you're not going to do the five hundred dollar job. <laughs> right. And I was like, yeah, I'm an idiot. You're right. I'm going to call them back and apologize, and I'm going to I'm going to do the job. Like absolutely. And I think that it was just like this huge shift in my mindset of. I'm not anybody and I need to like not act like anybody until really, really long time in the future because it's like, it doesn't even matter if I can go, if I could go do a job with someone really successful and you're going to learn something from being around them. I could ask them a question that might make me $5 million in the future just from being around a person of said caliber that can, or, or they'll, they'll plug you with someone in their network. You You don't know who's going to You have no idea when you shake somebody's hand who also they shake hands with when they go back home or whatever. It's, it's insane. And I think that most kids aren't thinking about that. They're like, Oh, I need my, I need a hundred bucks. Who fucking cares about the hundred bucks when you could be paid 15,000 in the future from said person or it's like, oh, if you do really well for me right now, I'm going to plug you for the next year. And and people don't think about that anymore. They're always so quick to be like, how much or whatever. Yeah. And when you do that, when you're in that mindset, you're not thinking about networking with anybody in the room. (laughs) I've learned that you know, from the beginning, there's been a lot of people that I've met. I mean, you know, I don't want to name about <laughs> people's names, but I met a lot of people just off of being the person to be like, Hey, my name is Jordan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I'll have a conversation about some off whites. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I'm like, Oh shoot, that's like a big time agent. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know. Like, right. you know, and like when you go in the room, like if you, if you just all money, money, like totally like you're going to miss out on them opportunities to just network. Like a lot of times when you come in, come into a room, make sure you introduce yourself mm-hmm. to everyone in that room. Cause you don't know what that person is or can become. Right. And I think, you know, there's new generation I've been seeing, you know, hopefully they can figure that out. But I, cause I see a lot of videographers. I'm pretty sure you do, there's especially tons, a band, yeah. there's so many and like, you know, the thing like with us, there's so many people that are better than us, but mm-hmm. I think the thing that we have over is that we have relationships with the people. Totally. That's yeah, a, that's relationships is everything. We, we, we talked, yeah, we talked about that the other day. It's like, it's, you can make cool shit dope. Like a lot of people can. Can we hang out though on the side? Right. Like, can I hang out with you for an extended period of time? Like yeah. with, after the shoot's done. After the shoot's done. Exactly. And that's like, people are like, oh, yeah, I want to work in the NBA. Like, but would you ask LeBron for an autograph if you got close to him? And people do that. Like people do that. You know, you got to think about that. It's like, you just, just treating him or her like a person, like a regular person, just like you would like to be treated. Mm -hmm. And I think you'd be surprised at the relationships you're able to build off of that rather than like you said, just going straight for it. I mean, yeah, the networking is just, man, networking is like, I feel like the most essential need, especially with everything that you're doing, because Mm. that's how you get there. 
In my opinion, I feel it's, it's that way. I mean, that opens so many doors, is networking. Yeah, you just never know what's going to come of a certain relationship. And yeah. like going into networking, like trying to quote unquote network, I think mm-hmm. is the wrong way because I feel like that, ins- that totally. ensues that you're trying to get something out mm-hmm. of someone as opposed to going into it being like, I just want to form a friendship, a relationship, mm-hmm. a, a working relationship with this person and like not asking them for anything off the rip and, you know, building that relationship and then if an opportunity comes of it great and it's mm-hmm. more natural and then you get to work with that person yeah. you're on every app you've got a podcast you're on instagram you're on tiktok you're on youtube but we went and dove on each of your platforms they're not all the same so you have a voice on tiktok and we were talking about you know i, I showed them a few of your commentary clips and i was like this is such good content because he knows so much about basketball and you're also entertaining so it's like it's a completely different vibe rather than just a journalist or a writer right. like giving their take on something it's like this guy played pro ball but then you go on your youtube and it's completely different and you're on the gram and it's completely different content so how how and why do you think each platform you've created like has such a different voice? Cause I think it's in- incredible. I think most people mess that up. They're like, Oh, I'll just go get my YouTube stuff. I'll post on TikTok." And why isn't it growing? And you've obviously done something right because your TikTok is at 343,000 and your Insta is at 333. Mm-hmm. So you've grown all of these apps separately. Like how have you, you know, looked at the voice that's on there and said, okay, like this is the you know outlet we're going to take here, man. I, and that's what we talk about with just being in the room with people. Mm. Um, Jester and Chris London were big YouTubers. Mm. And uh, they, you know, they used to come in the gym. And then I used to is just... Chris, wait, is Chris London the, the basketball yeah. YouTuber? Yes, sir. Efron shoots yeah. with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the, uh, yeah. the Too, too hype. hype. Yeah. Yep, Too yeah. Hype. Yeah. Yep. So Too Hype used to always be in the gym. And mm. they kind of like, it's kind of like what got us started. And um, just seeing how they were... Um, you know, on the platform, and I learned how different it was mm-hmm. from anything else. Ten minute videos, over ten minutes. Um, you know, just kind of like getting the the viewer interested, and in then you know, for the whole ten minutes, and uh, you know, showing the mistakes, doing that because you have different audiences on different platforms. Mm-hmm. Some people want now on social media. What's killing a lot of people is they're like they just want quick, quick edits. But YouTube, like. They want the longer form yeah. content. That's what they go for. A lot of people don't realize that platforms are, you know, different from each other. And that doesn't mean that don't post the same stuff that you do on those platforms. Mm. You can, but make stuff that's more geared towards, you know, that platform. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I did today. I mean, I just did Lakers practice. Like I did a video of, you know, you know what I saw at that practice, but I made that one for YouTube. And then I'll do some short form content for, you know, what happens, you know that I like that people will like on Instagram because I know they're not going to watch a video that's over a minute on Instagram because sure. mm-hmm. they're not programmed to do that you know so I just make two different types of edits mm-hmm. it's so interesting that you're like I shot practice today you have access to these practices of these NBA teams and mm-hmm. through talking mm-hmm. with Braden, I understand how difficult it is mm. for someone who doesn't work for a big publication or that team specifically to get access to this mm-hmm was the way you were able to get this access to these practices and these open gyms and stuff through those relationships with, what was the trainer's name? Like Phil Handy. Yeah. Or with, yeah. They helped me because, you know, I did all the 80s pre, I mean, I did, right before AD came to the Lakers, I did, you know, a lot of his workouts with Drew. Him and Drew Mm -hmm. were working with each other because they were with um, the Pelicans. Mm -hmm. I met Abigail during that time. She wasn't with the Lakers. Mm And, um, yeah, I just did that. But the funny thing is, is that I didn't get responses from teams at first. When I finally did get a team, you know, I asked Phil, like, to help me with stuff, you know. But, 
you know, I kind of did this, these ones on my own. I asked, you know, the team. And then when I finally got that opportunity, I told myself, I'm never going to let that go. So, I, you know, what I did was each time I got invited to a practice, I was there no mm. matter what. And you're driving hours. Hours. I don't miss nothing. Mm. And <laughs> you're I, that's at every oh, yeah. practice. And I do every, that for all of us because mm. I know, like, next time, if it's someone else that's coming in, it's going to ruin it for them. So I just make sure every day. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know this, but, like, after practice, I stay until, like, 6 p.m., 7 p.m. Yeah, because if I go back home, it's going to be three hours of traffic right now. Right. Like, it's a rush hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I, I ended up I ended up staying, like, in the in – the, uh, you know, at practice facility. A lot of people don't know that. Everybody be gone. Mm-hmm. I'm just, just editing, working. just working, just editing doing and working. Stuff. A lot of people too, like, man, make sure you have, you you have multiple talents. Mm-hmm. I've, that's humbled me more than anything. Like me being a videographer and stuff is cool. It helps. But, you know, I still got to learn how to write, do interviews. Mm-hmm. My first year with Lakers and Clippers, I never asked the question. Cause I, you know, I was just like, I'm just here to get the content. Kind of just like BTS, kind of fly on the wall type of vibe. Yeah, I wasn't really, I felt like I wasn't really taken serious. I'm just being honest. I felt like I wasn't taken serious because I didn't ask questions. Even though I have all this knowledge, I was just scared to. Because it's like, I see Jim Hill, Mm -hmm. people like that, like big timers, you know, like big beat writers, Mm -hmm. you know. They've been there forever. Yeah, Bill Pulaski, like guys I saw around the horn, like, I'm like, that's like a, you know, like a prestigious group. So me coming in, like asking questions, and then people are like, you know, when I first came in, like, it's kind of like a war zone when you ask for questions. Am I at first? No, it it's totally, not anymore. It is. A, it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, like, totally. you got to like talk over someone. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's not really my swag, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. Like, talk over someone to get a question off. And then, you know, so I never would do it. Then I just started grooming myself to like force myself to be better in those different areas because you have to, man, especially if you're getting like content world. And beat writing world, sports world, that's completely different. Mm-hmm. And it took me some time to learn that. Brayden, you know, you yeah, see it's it. crazy. It's way different. Yeah, there's like 40 guys around there and they're all trying to get one yeah, question right. to, for their story. And it, it's insane. I mean, it's super cool, though, because I, like I said, I feel like you have such a unique perspective because you played. Right. That's, that's why, like, I like your questions. I love watching those. Like, I could give less of a shit about the analytics of, of a game, for example, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But when your shit pops up, I'm like, this is interesting. Like right, I didn't know, sure. I didn't know this. I didn't know, Oh, he does this back step and like, that's what shakes off the defender yeah. or he does this spin move. I'm like, this makes so much sense now when I'm watching or I'm right. filming and I'm like, God, he just shakes him off every time. I'm like, Oh, this is, this is <laughs> what it is. He's good. Yeah. He can't go left. And this guy's whatever, you know, yeah. it's just super yeah, interesting. Sure. What comes to mind when you say that is the famous Russ interview where the guy, the reporter's like, did you, did you guys, oh. <laughs> oh, did like, team. did so-and-so, win this game or did you guys lose this game and he's like bro what (laughs) (laughs) and so i wanted to ask you about Mm. like this whole new media right with Mm -hmm. you know jj reddick's podcast or draymond green like newer players either i mean draymond's still playing or like jj reddick's like recently retired and like i feel like players love going on jj reddick's podcast because he has such knowledge about the game and he's going to ask those questions that like frankly, Stephen A. and Skip Bayless right. aren't going to be asking. Yeah. So how do you feel like being a former player has benefited you in like this line of work that you're doing? It helps in a lot of ways, but at the same time, what about the small players? That's the only thing. Like, mm. It's kind of a mixed emotion for me because I love J.J. Reddick, man. Shout out to J.J. I love what he's doing with the podcast because you know he does it the right way right. and he has mm. knowledge. You mm-hmm. know, He's one mm. of the best to ever do it. And um, 
you know, shooting wise, I mean, shoot, what right. he did in college, like Crazy. JJ's mm-hmm. a legend, like right. when it comes to, you know, shooting and just what he's done from college, you know, up to now. Um, so I, I love it. I honestly love that players have more of a voice, you know, and it kind of just shows, you know, like we talked about wearing multiple hats, you know, because they kind of like give you the raw feel to it, too. And that's why people really rock with it. It's like a, you know, just like a conversation right. that we have here. Mm-hmm. It's a real conversation. And he, he, he gives his element, you know, that's super dope. The only thing is, is just that, you know, you know, with that being said, like if you're not a big time player, that's the only thing I worry about with sports right now. Mm-hmm. Them them guys that I see that are top notch overseas guys who I'm like, I'll go up to that are trainers. And I'm like, oh, man, I remember your career overseas and how they got to work themselves up. That's the only thing that I like been trying to figure out with the sports world is like, how do I get a guy like a Jordan Richard that came from Cal State LA that play basketball? And get him to be taken serious and not get the door slammed in his face. That's like my biggest like thing that I've been trying to figure out. That's why no matter what situation I have, I'll make sure I'm going to be there no matter what it is. Clippers, Lakers, I'm there for everything because I don't know what that door. I mean, I want someone else's door to open because of me, you know, more mm-hmm. so. Right. That's awesome. That must be because you felt like an underdog your whole mm-hmm. career. Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, for sure. Nice Most definitely. The yeah. overseas game, man, is different. But, I, you know, I thank it because you, you don't <laughs> never know, like, what's going to happen, you know? I mean, you never know, like, how things can help you. Mm-hmm. And all this stuff I went through overseas and me playing, like you said, like, helped me get there. And I, I just use that as as fuel, you know, always. So. Hell yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's awesome. How how did you go about, like, monetizing the brand? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, I think it's something that's, you, you've, any, like, we've you built it. You built it. You built the YouTube. You built the TikTok. But then how do you go about you know, you have your sister on staff now. You have your two other members of your team mm-hmm. on staff. Like, how did you go about monetizing the brand? Um, well, now, like, ads, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube, um, you know, more pay partnerships mm-hmm. with companies. How, do you, how so. do you integrate a paid brand partnership into the content that you do? Uh, my sister, I mean, she's been reaching out. We've had some people reach out, mm-hmm. too, as well. That's awesome. Um, so, like, she reaches out to companies, sends emails, but man, that process is tough in itself, mm-hmm. too. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you don't get a lot of times you don't get responses. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't really realize that it's tough, but we've been honestly blessed to like have people reach out to, and it's been a more smooth of a transition mm-hmm. because you know, we started, I feel like we started at the perfect time, man. Mm-hmm. We did, we started at the perfect time, like, even like when I the first year we covered like Lakers and Clippers, like Kawhi was on the team, right. Uh man, AD had his first yeah. year with the Lakers. Man, that year in itself was, that was crazy, absolutely crazy. But yeah, like I would say that's been the reason for sure. What do you think the future is for Swish Cultures? Um, more docs. Mm-hmm. More We've talked about this. Yeah, it's exciting. We have a doc, you know, coming on my diet, and mm. he shot a doc in Serbia about you know the derby. I want to do a lot more longer form content. I feel like highlights. It's just crazy. I always talk about being taken serious. Highlights are taken serious. I mean, as long as you show the game the right way. But, you know, in the and when you come in the rooms, they're like, okay, you got highlights, but what can you do here? Um, what can you do there? Mm-hmm. What do you have for A, B, C, D? You know, so, I, you know, I want to do more longer form content. So That's sweet. That's I think that's so smart because, one, you can get the highlights from so many different places. Yep. Right. But because athletes are so sought off, like they have such big fandoms, especially like the big players. Right. Even like smaller players because of like the fandom of the team. But like people want to see the like BTS, the super mundane, like 
what kind of shoes you have yeah. in your closet <laughs> type of thing. Yeah, for sure. And that I feel like is where you could separate yourself. And like, that's the kind of content that if you're filming it, like you're the only one with that content. Everybody has like the highlights. highlights. Yeah, that's exactly. a way to separate yourself. I yep. think that's super smart. Yeah. yeah. And especially cause you're good at building relationships and they like, you know, respect <laughs> you as a former player and everything, you know, like, I feel like you could get that that access. Definitely. Yeah, there's a story within everything. People totally. don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a story that can can be sold to anyone. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, if we can go overseas and I can shoot a guy that's you know playing in Indonesia, mm-hmm. and then that story can pop off. Like to be honest with you, because all their experiences. That's what I think people need to understand. Like there's a story made out in it out of any. And everything. I still feel like international ball, even like the interest is growing, like you were saying, like like this all the coverage over Wimba and Yama is just nuts, dude. Like the I've it, never seen anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's crazy. But like all the sports, like it's the NFL right now, and everyone's talking about Wimba and Yama. It's 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 hard to say that name, but like, <laughs> Wimba and Yama. Yeah. 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 But um it's just cool. It's cool to see like all the me I don't know, it's just exciting. I feel like like a doc about him would go crazy. Yep. NBA is streaming all his games mm-hmm. so, like, yeah. never once ever been done yeah i mean that's history right there yeah it's so crazy we've done a few podcasts and we've given advice on how to grow like a personal brand mm-hmm. you've done something a little different where you've grown a brand where you're not the face of it do you have advice for a kid who's up and coming who would like to build a brand where maybe they aren't the face of it they're not their face isn't making tiktoks or instagram mm-hmm. reels like what has maybe been like the biggest challenge for you and maybe like a piece of advice for someone who wants to build a brand? Putting my face in it. Really? Oh, really? really? I've been told that I need to brand myself more, more so. And that's like that. the next step for okay. me mm. is to do that. I would tell them to do both, to be mm. honest with you, because um, you got to put a face to the brand with everything, to be honest. Like when I look at even every Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. there's a face. Right. You got so to. Fair. You have yeah. to put a face. Mm-hmm. And I was always that person. Like, I didn't like being a person like, oh, hey, look at me, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that's like, I used to think it was corny, but mm-hmm. there's a way to do something. Yeah. You know, don't overdo it. I mm-hmm. mean, as long as you yourself, that's cool. But I would tell them to do both. Mm-hmm. If they're making a brand um, be consistent every day, there shouldn't be a day that goes by where you don't post. You have to post every day because that's that's growth and it can't be once per day it got to be multiple times per day and just because you don't have a million dollar camera doesn't mean that you can't make content like now mm. stuff people are making killing off the phones bro. <laughs> right it's crazy a lot of people think like you need oh i need to go buy this i'm guilty of it because i'm addicted to it now because i've been doing it for a long <laughs> time are. phones yeah. are really popping you know, when we first started, like yeah. how they are now, like reels and stuff weren't existing. But now that there is reels and stuff, I remember talking with Brayden. We were the first fans of TikTok when it came out. <laughs> oh my God, we were. Yeah, yeah like, crazy. but now, like, all that's here, like, you can make do justice with just your phone. That's how Brayden and I met. Yeah, we really? met on TikTok. Yeah. And now we live together. Yeah. It's Unbelievable. Crazy. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. It was during the pandemic. He was yeah. posting content about photo video, and so was I. And I DM'd him because uh, I saw that he, like, I think I knew that he lived, like, in Around. California or right. LA, kind of, mm-hmm. and then we and like they were up. roommates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's one piece of advice to close us off that you would give to your 18 year old self? Oh, that's crazy. Oh, on this crazy journey of you, yeah. cr- you know, going to play overseas and then you know creating this media conglomerate. It's awesome. Like, tell us something. Give me one piece of advice. You know, making more connections early. Okay. Mm-hmm. I start seeing why people are ahead of others early. They get that. You know, from the mm-hmm. beginning. 
they start going and doing stuff, spending time in their summers, like making things happen or like where they, you know, just making more connections and relationships mm-hmm. with people and then leveraging those out. If I was playing basketball, I would have. I would have used Swish to leverage out my workouts. Probably wouldn't have to pay for any workouts because mm. like, I'll, I'll do your workout. Like I'll film your workouts after if you, you know, exchange, do my workouts. <laughs> so I could have got, yeah, you know, free train from free train train guys yeah. a long time ago. Wow. You know, so I would have did those things. And um, yeah, I would just say that's it because all the stuff that I struggle with, I, I kind of like now embrace it, mm. you know, because those things help you. A lot of losses help you get the W's. Yeah. You got to take losses to get W's in some ways. So, you know, that's why I really respect it. Lakers had to get six right. L's before they got <laughs> yeah. one W. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but it's going to be good in the long run. <laughs> Where can the people find you on social media besides at Swish Cultures? Um, Jordan Swish Cultures, Jordan Richard SC. Uh, they wouldn't let me get Jordan Swish Cultures on, on Twitter, but... You can find me on Jordan Swish Cultures on every platform but Twitter. That one's Jordan Richard SC. Okay. There we'll it link is. It. Sweet. We'll, link, we'll link them all below. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to episode 48 of the 505 nice. Podcast. Appreciate and we'll you. see you guys all next time. Peace. Bye. Bye. Appreciate it.